Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 134 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Lucy Marsden. Lucy is from Leicestershire in England. And she is a primary school cookery teacher. I'm using the English words there. So welcome, Lucy. Hi. I'm so glad to have you. Lucy is also a moderator in the Delay Don't Deny Intermittent Fasting Group. Are you also a moderator in One Meal a Day? No, just in the big group. You've been around for a long time. When did you first join? You started in the One Meal a Day group, right? I did. When did you join? The 8th of August, 2017. Wow. That was a really so you, long time ago. Yeah, Delay Don't Deny wasn't even a year old yet. No. So you've been around for, for a long time. I know I've seen you around in the group always sharing your beautiful meals. And so I'm glad to finally talk to you on the podcast. Mm. Well, when I joined, there was no way I was going to do one meal a day. That was totally <laughs> research. How ridiculous. But you joined the one meal a day group. Yeah, because your name is Jill Jin Calhoun Stevens. Right. I really like Jin. My niece's father is called Cahoon, which is a really rare name, and my partner's name is Stevens. So it was like a sign. I had to join your group. I just looked up fasting, and that's what came up. That's a long time ago because that's when I actually had my maiden name in my Facebook name for years, and then I finally just got rid of it. But, yeah, my maiden name is Calhoun, and we are of Scottish descent. There you go. So we, we trace back to the Scottish Calhouns that came over, and now I'm just Jen Stevens on Facebook. But yeah, that was a long time ago, and I'm glad that you love Jen. Yeah. 
gin's different. I am not a gin drinker. Oh, it's a definitely a, what we'd call a Marmite thing. Love it or hate it. It's uh, Yeah, I think fun. so too. To me, it's like you're chewing on a bush. <laughs> when my <laughs> mum used to drink it, I thought it was like drinking perfume. I couldn't uh-huh. understand why you would do that. My mother it's loves perfume. it. Ah. My mother drinks gin. That's her thing. That's probably why she named me gin, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? I know what brought you to the group, but what brought you to intermittent fasting? Um, It was around about the same time. We had entertained a bit of 5-2 from Michael Mosley's thing. I feel like a bit of a cheat because I've never had a massive weight issue. I've put on 10, 15 pounds every now and then and then lost it over a few months just by being careful. But um, my partner, when I met him, he had just lost five stone, which what's that times 14? Let's say 65, 70 pounds in four months from going to the gym twice a day, only eating stir fry, just complete calorie restriction. Right. So you all know what happened next. Right. He put it all back on. But, so when I met him, he was quite a slender guy. And then within a few months, he just ballooned up. I thought, oh my God, what's happened to this guy? So I spent the next five, 10 years trying to help him lose weight. And I, it had never been my issue, but I just was looking at all different kinds of low carb. And uh, we did Weight Watchers. I got very gaunt on Weight Watchers. I got super skinny. Yeah, but miserable as sin. I was resentful every day. And he put weight on. He gained weight on Weight Watchers. Yeah. So so I was like, why am I doing this? Why am I suffering when you're even bloody putting weight on? I'm not going to bother. So we gave that one up. We tried all sorts of different things. And then a friend of ours was on holiday with us in Turkey that August. And he said, well, if you're doing the 5-2, why don't you do different type of fasting? He was a Fung fan and he did some really long fasts. He did the odd five or six day fast. And I said, that's just ridiculous. But he started talking more about the science of it. Right. Which got me really interested. So they they shared our holiday for a week. When they went away, I got straight on the Internet, looked it all up. And I found this Jim Stevens woman and found the group and just started reading people's comments and thinking, well, this is totally doable. So even on holiday, because we were actually in Turkey at the time, I stopped eating. I was never a breakfast fan anyway, but I stopped eating before one o'clock. And then we might go out for a nice lunch, a few cocktails. And then I found oh, I'm not really that hungry. So. It just just happened quite instinctively and quite quickly. I think because we'd done the 5-2 before and on my two days, we'd always have a dinner, a 500 calorie dinner, and I'd take maybe some boiled eggs or some cheese to school with me, but I'd never eat it. So I'd actually been fasting through the day. So when you when you did 5-2, and you did 5-2 right around then, also in August of 17. Yeah, even earlier than that, maybe. Probably okay, okay. May, June, July. May, June, in, July. In the summer months, I'm not, I'm not hungry in the day when it's sunny. I know you are, aren't you? When you go to the lake, though, you get hungry. Well, yeah, when I'm in the sun a lot, it makes me hungry yeah, for whatever I, reason. Yeah. And when I lived in Kenya and it was hot, I never wanted to eat in the day, which is I was super skinny in Kenya. And I think it was just it was hot. I didn't really feel like it. And I'd just have my dinner in the evening. I don't know what it is about going, being out on the water, being on the lake, and then I come home and I'm starving. Mm. I don't know. They always said it was swimming would work up an appetite, but I do not swim in the lake. <laughs> I don't know what's down there, but it's all that fresh air, maybe. <laughs> maybe I don't know. Just something. Maybe it's the stress. You know, stress will make you hungry. Yeah. And so you might think, why is going to the lake stressful? It's driving the boat because my husband and I go to the lake and we have to put in the boat. So we have to. I mean, he backs it down the boat ramp, and then I have to drive it off the trailer like back it off and he's always like blah don't do that don't do that what are you gonna cry and I'm like ah you know and then the the wind and whatever and then I have to go to the pier and pick him up and I always feel like I'm gonna smash it driving a boat is hard yeah so maybe it's the stress it's not the weather it's I leave and I'm just like okay now I'm so hungry (laughs) you just made me have a um epiphany there see (laughs) when you're at the beach do you still get hungry not like, well, oh. no, not like that. So, so I think it is the stress. stress. Yeah. It's go- going to the lake. I'm always starving. I think we nailed it. Stress is a killer, isn't it? <laughs> Certainly is. <laughs> so 5-2 worked for you, and you were really doing a late-in-the-day eating window yeah. with your 500 calories. And you know how it is at school. Busy, busy, busy. And because, oh, yeah. because I'm a cookery teacher, I don't get a lunch hour. I'm washing up and prepping for the next group. So there's no point stuffing something in when I wasn't even hungry. And primary is what? I know we, we in the United States, we consider primary school to be like, we call it elementary. It's like 
first, second, third, fourth, fifth. That's our primary our grades. 10, 11. Okay, so you're, it's the up same thing. Primary 11. for you is – it's the same thing. Uh, primary here would be elementary up to age 10, 11. Okay, so you were teaching the young ones cook, cookery. And I do start with the tiny ones. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah, that. Yeah, I start with the tiny ones as well, like three, four-year-olds. We start by cutting – with just a normal eating knife, cutting in some bananas, learning how to hold the thing safely. And, yeah, it's really good fun. Oh, and we make omelette in a bag. See, I always pictured you with – with older kids, I always picked when you, I always pictured you with, with like high school, what we call high school, you know, the the teenagers. But no, you're teaching little, okay, little ones. I love that you teach the little <laughs> ones how to cook. When people ask me what I do for a living, I normally say I teach small children to peel potatoes, <laughs> which isn't quite it, but yeah. Kind well, of. but if they're peeling potatoes, you yeah. do. So is is that typical for schools in the UK that no. that they have? Okay, I don't know anyone else who does it. Okay, so it's not like a normal part of the curriculum. <laughs> not at all. I think what happened was one of the schools I was working in, they were saying, why does everybody always make bread and cakes? Why don't they ever make any actual food? So right. I said, well, I can write you a curriculum. And the head said, off you go. I said, what's my budget? He said, well, tell me how much it's going to cost. I was like, oh, great. So I wrote them a curriculum and then I taught it. I taught every class three times a year. So we had a really lovely developmental curriculum where I could teach them first how to uh, we made like welsh rarebit which is basically right. cheese on toast start with that and by the end we were making carbonara macaroni cheese with vegetables like a proper meal when they were 10 and 11 it was great i love that you know it made me think back a long time ago when i taught in aiken south carolina i had a lot of flexibility to do whatever i wanted i was the gifted teacher there and i taught third graders gifted third graders and we did a big unit that was like months long. It was around the world. And it was when multicultural education was a big buzzword in, in education. And so I had a grant for that. And we cooked every we, – we would study a culture, you know, like, like say, Mexico. And then we would, we would learn about the history. We would learn about the traditions, the holidays. And then we would cook. And, yeah, I had all sorts of cooking equipment in my classroom. And I, I had forgotten about that until you just brought it up. But the third graders loved it. They do. All the children love it. And the less academic children really love it because they can succeed really easily. They don't need to read. They don't need to write. They, the, and the maths in it is fantastic. Oh, so much math. Yeah. And, you know, what's really a shame is that, that this was in the mid-1990s when I was still, a, a, you know, fairly young in my teaching career. And... Now we, we've taken all that out here in the United States because of standardized testing. Mm, and so, you know, you you can't directly correlate cooking to increased test scores. So all that all that stuff got taken out of the, the curriculum and you like weren't allowed to do it anymore because you're like, show me the standard that that is. And, and people just lost their... One of the ways I've managed to squeeze it into quite a few schools is they do a thing called topic which is like you say, studying the culture of a country right. or studying whatever. And I would say, tell me what your topic is next term. And then I'd find some recipes that would fit. So Victorian recipes, um, Aztec recipes, uh, Mayan recipes, anything that would fit either with their history or their geography or anything. Or even science, change of state. You can eggs change state. So, yeah, so you can. Why is that happening? There, there's so much. We used to teach like that more. You know, we would teach around a topic, like you're saying, back in the 90s and and. You would, you know, you would just integrate everything in, and it was so interesting, and the kids yeah. loved it. And I think you learn better like that. It's more realistic, isn't it? More holistic. It is. But then over time, everything just got separated and segmented out, and you had to like prove what you were doing was going to make them score higher. Anyway, and this is making me think back about medicine. The same things happening, isn't it? People get specialized, and they don't look at the bigger picture. Yeah. So if you've only got someone looking at one aspect of your health. They're missing all kinds of other things. I think it's the same, education and medicine. I think so, too. So I wonder if the pandemic will bring us back to more of nice. the I, – I know it would because I know that, you know, obviously standardized testing has to be different during a pandemic when people can't – Yeah. <laughs> you well, know, when people are, 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 you know, not – like I, I don't – they didn't have the tests this past year. They just, like, waived all that testing requirement. So maybe we'll discover some of the joy because I know those kids just have the joy – in learning. Yeah. 
We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories. Promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. Yeah, I was quite shocked when I first started teaching 10-year-olds in England because I'd been in Kenya where we, right. we really did make it up ourselves as we went along. I worked in a prep school where I just had to prepare them for the 11 plus, do whatever we wanted. It was fantastic. One day there was a whale on the beach. So we all got in the minibus and went down and looked at the whale on the beach. It was really cool. That really was what but, the um, 90s were like. I know we're not yeah. talking about fasting. Sorry, everybody. We'll get to that in a minute. But in the 90s, it was really very much like, what what is the teacher passionate about? And you could really just do anything around that. And the children loved coming to school so much. They were excited about being there. And they did learn. They learned. Yeah. Yeah, I was shocked when I came and the 10-year-olds were all just sitting in rows, you know, you're reading for half an hour, you're doing this for half an hour. But wow, it wasn't like that. We used to have a lot more fluidity. Yeah. 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 Hey-ho. The good old days. All right. So when you were when you were working in the school, it was very easy for you to just wait till the end of the day. Then you went to, you learned about a daily eating window. So you just transitioned right to that. Yeah. Very quickly. And I found it surprisingly easy, especially if I was busy, which I was in school. So when I was teaching, absolutely no problem at all. And what I used to do is have something in the car for the way home. The longer I went on, the less often I'd eat it. Because it was just a pain to have to drag it with you. Yeah. That's how it got for me. You know, you could just wait till you had time to get home and have something better. Yeah, have something proper. And again, that's another great trick, I suppose, is to make sure what you're going to eat is going to be amazing and then it's worth waiting for. Absolutely. So I can imagine that you have some amazing things that you eat. I've seen your food over the years. So yeah. you you open your window na- about what time? Five o'clock. Never before or very, very rarely before, unless we're on holiday. But five o'clock is the, is the time. But if we're busy or I'm not hungry, I wait until my meal, which is normally around about six. Okay. But I've um, lately I'm obsessed with avocados and coconut. So at five o'clock, I'm having an avocado and a handful of coconut. So you just have like the coconut, yeah, like the dried, the dried coconut. No, you can it buy oh. it here, ready prepared. It's um, chipped out of the actual coconut, but just in chunks. So it's oh, like, so it's it's fresh. Yeah, it's not okay. So it's like you've got a coconut, but you didn't have to do the work. It's great. Oh, that's nice. Mm, it's really nice. I love coconut. I'm drinking coconut. a lot of coconut water. Mm. That's, do you drink coconut water? Not really, especially not now. I've heard what it does to your. Um, glucose reading oh well don't tell me that what is it oh oh because i said that (laughs) yeah oh yeah (laughs) i was like no no okay no you're right but here's what's so funny i just got my results back from the zoe oh yeah really off the kind it was quick it's actually kind of funny because yesterday exactly 24 hours ago i was having a skype with 
two people from the United Kingdom who work for Zoe. I was talking to one of their head researchers and also one of their nutritionists. And it was actually kind of funny because we got, they, they had asked me, they're like, would you like to have a call to go over your results? I'm like, I'd love to. And we got on the call and I'm like, okay, I have to ask, do you have this call with everyone who goes through it? They're like, no, we know who you are. <laughs> oh, you're special. <laughs> well, I don't know how they knew because I just signed up like a normal person, you know, but um, they said that they had actually had people who went through it and, and mentioned my name. So I guess they're really looking. I mean, they're really looking at people that are doing it. So they knew who I was and so connected with me. And it was absolutely an amazing conversation. For anyone who doesn't know what I'm talking about, this is the PREDICT study. Dr. Tim Spector, who is from the United Kingdom, has been doing work with nu- nutrition for decades with twins. And now he's, he's into the realm of personalized nutrition. And the um, impact of your gut microbiome and your genetics and how it works together. And there, you know, I wore a continuous blood glucose monitor. Lucy, being behind the scenes as a moderator, saw me going through it. And one day, my uh, my blood glucose went up, and it was after I'd had coconut water. But here's what's so funny: coconut water is on my list of good foods. Mm. Um, also, I listened to you and Melanie on your other podcast. Okay, all so you heard the time, me talk so about it there. I, I felt like I knew you like three years ago, like with. Just, I used to take you on my dog walk, you and Melanie just chatting away. I just felt like I knew you. It was great. But I'm so, exactly like you like you thought I was, exactly, right? Exactly, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah cool. I'm not different on the air as I am off the air. I'm the same everywhere. But yes, so after talking to them yesterday about the predict study, it was absolutely fascinating. Talking to the head researcher has inspired me. I am going to they, – they want you to take a month. And, and eat according to what your gut microbiome and your blood glucose response showed you should do, I'm going to do it. I would. That sounds fantastic. Well, it's a little scary. I'm it's scary because really I don't want to have to. <laughs> oh, to do what you're told. You yes! that. <laughs> I just want to eat whatever I want to eat. You know that yeah. about me. And a month's quite a long time. But it's it actually is. fascinating. Um, and I'm really holidays. curious to see whether many people have your same reaction to carbohydrates because that, that would be fascinating. I'm going to tell you what they mm, here's something I need to I need to admit that I haven't said. The results actually showed poor glucose control for me. I, it looked good to me when I was doing it. Really? You know, I talked about it and I and I saw a slow curve back down, but I don't know, I'm not them. So when they inter it looked good to me, but when they interpreted it, it was not as great as I was thinking it was. So I've got to be a little more careful with certain carbohydrates. I want a blood glucose monitor. I want to do it. Sounds amazing. Yeah. So just because I feel great and the my curve never, you know, I never got over what I thought. I guess I'm interpreting it through the lens of, you know, we're so used to, to, to bad numbers like diabetes, like this is what the diabetics, you try to stay below this. So I guess my response was not what they want to see. It wasn't as, anyway, so I'm going to have lots and lots of veggies. Mm. Beans are great for me. So you know how I've always said beans are like 100, that like perfect, 100. They rate, beans are great for me, which I already knew, but they they don't rate potatoes as high. (gasps) Oh my goodness. Does that mean you're not supposed to eat them for a month? I think I'm not going to eat them for a month. But what you have to do is you're, you're, it's really combining your foods. Mm -hmm. They have an app. And so you put in what you're going to eat. And that's the part I don't like is the tracking mm. and putting things in and taking the time. I just want to eat things. But putting it in the app is the, the hard part. But you're trying to get a high score for your body, and it's based on your gut microbiome. And they talked to me a lot about that yesterday, the new discoveries. You know, I last had my gut microbiome analyzed in 2017, but they said the methods that they're using now are so very different. The wording that they used, I can't remember, but they can really pinpoint it even more than they could in 2017, it's just unfolding. So you have to try to get your number up. So you try to eat foods that score high, 50 and above, and then they come together to make a meal score. And you know how I've always talked about that my body did better with lower fat? Well, when you when I eat too much fat, that score goes down for me. So I'm going to have to really be a little careful with my right. with my cheese and my butter. Oh, and all that. But I'm going to do it. I'm yeah, excited. Sorry. I just made that terrible noise. But then I'm actually excited about trying it. Because yeah, I, I, if, if I've gone that. to all this trouble, I have to do it. So anyway, now we're talking about me and not about you. This is your <laughs> story, Lucy. So t- <laughs> tell me what foods you love to eat in your eating window. Well, this is why I have to do 
intermittent fasting. I love all food. I just love food. It's my thing. If I'm not eating, which I'm only doing for three, four hours a day these days, or actually down to one or two at the moment, I am planning, cooking, watching programs about it, uh, researching, ordering online, all sorts of different ingredients that I might want to play with. So just absolutely everything. I just love food. Mike is a bit traditional, my partner. He likes meat and meat, potatoes and peas or he, he likes his carbs and he likes meat. So I now, what I, my solution to that is that I now make myself an amazing vegetable side dish that's half my, half my meal so that he gets his thing and I get what I want as well. So I, I probably eat less protein than him because I'm just, I'm not that interested. I quite like it, but I don't want half a plate. So I'll have a little bit of chicken or a little bit of steak or a bit of fish or whatever, but he'll have probably twice as much. And I'll have half a plate of vegetables, but plenty of cheese. I'm mad for cheese. And I didn't realise until I started actually embracing one meal a day that there were things I was avoiding. I, I always thought I eat whatever I want, but actually lots of high fat things I was thinking I couldn't have. In fact, um, I've got a Thermomix, which is a cooking heated blender gadget. And there's a website called Skinny Mixers where she does um, healthy fat, low carb. And I thought, how can you call that Skinny Mixers? We've got all that fat. That's outrageous. But obviously she was well ahead of the curve that you can eat like that and be fantastically healthy. So I did a few of her recipes. I was like, oh, this is really bad. I'm, I'm definitely <laughs> going to get fat eating like this. But no. And th that was the great thing with one meal a day is I actually realized where I had been restricting and that I don't have to do that. Well, we just internalize all these yeah. messages. This is bad. That is bad. And yeah. And, and I was having to teach that um, you must eat a small amount of fat. And over time, I have really felt like I don't want to teach that anymore because I don't think that's true. And it's certainly not true for everybody. It varies. Massively. It's absolutely. And the source of the fat is way more important than the quantity. You need to eat good fat. For me, the reason I, I should eat less fat also is because apparently my fat clearance is not great. Oh. They, they, well, <laughs> yeah, they test on it. Well, I know <laughs> that they test two different things with the Zoe test, the predict, the predict. So my, my data is actually going to be part of the predict three study. And I actually wrote about it in Fast Feast Repeat, the predict one and predict two. But they're really dialing it in. But they test your blood. They have these muffins. You've heard me talk yeah, about those muffins. So they have muffins. different recipe muffins. They were no not muffins. fun to eat. I actually was excited. I'm going to eat muffins I love. No, no, they were not delicious. But they're you know, designed to be one of them is a very sugary kind of a muffin mm. to test your your blood sugar control after eating a very high sugary carby meal. And the other is a very high fat muffin, very, very just fatty, fatty. So they test to see how your body clears the blood glucose after that and also how your body clears the fat. So my body didn't clear the sugar quickly and then it didn't clear the the fat quickly. But I tend to not eat those things in isolation anyway. I tend to be, you know, more of a combiner. Yeah, I um, I don't have a sweet tooth at all, which I discovered. I did freedom eating, I don't know, in the 80s or something. And is they that said, like intuitive eating? I guess it is. It was off um, the QVC shopping channel. I bought this oh, pack of little cards. Oh, it's, oh, it's old. It's from a long time ago. Freedom eating. Okay, that sounds like the opposite of intuitive eating then. What is freedom eating? There were like six basic rules, which I can't remember, but they are eat exactly what you want, only eat when you're hungry. Eat to satiety. Notice how you feel half an hour later. Notice how you feel an hour later. Oh, that is intuitive. Yeah, that there is. might be something after that. But it, that was a revelation to me because I didn't like sweet things. And I didn't even know until then. I would just eat them because everybody likes them. But then I'd go in the staff room. I'd see a donut. I'd cut it in quarters or even eights, eat a bit and think, no, I didn't actually like that. And it didn't make me feel good. Even 15 minutes later, it didn't make me feel good. So I just stopped doing it. And I That's awesome. Don't have much interest. And if I have a dessert, I'm more likely to have a high fat dessert. I like creamy things. I don't like sugary things. I, I probably wouldn't eat a donut. Just And people are like, what? Oh, and Mike's, Mike's got four daughters. You say, how come there's always chocolate in your house? Like, Because I'm not that bothered. I'll have a piece of chocolate. But they're like, oh, no, I like to eat a whole bar at City. Like, no. <laughs> You're just going to have maybe a just, little here yeah, and there. Not for me. One piece, two pieces, and I'm good. And, and now... My appetite correction is crazy after three years of daily fasting. Even one piece sometimes is enough. I take a bite and think, no, nah, I don't need that. Yeah, I ate an entire cupcake. My husband, Chad's birthday was last week, and I had this cupcake from a local bakery, and it was so sugary. Yeah. I was like, ugh. So the second day, I was like, I'm not eating any more of those cupcakes. 
No, and I, one. That was enough. I'm cupcaked out. If I bake, I mean, we don't eat sweet stuff anyway. Luckily, Mike doesn't have a sweet tooth either. But I'll probably put in half the sugar in the recipe, and it still tastes too sweet to me. I just don't have a sweet tooth, which I I'd think rather is have, very lucky. Like savory bread yeah. instead. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll make focaccia with olives and some dried tomatoes and stuff like that and eat the whole thing. Oh, now see, I could do that too. Yeah. I could eat the whole thing. <laughs> Very nice with a glass of wine. In the summer when the lockdown, we were allowed to have people in the garden. We'd just sit in the garden. I'd bake a focaccia and we'd sit in the garden with Mike's daughters and drink wine and eat focaccia. That sounds lovely. Yeah. I'm using my English terms. It's lovely. <laughs> lovely. So is Mike doing intermittent fasting with you? Well, I started for his benefit three whole years ago, and he completely ignored it for about one year. And it, it was annoying because the 5-2 had wor- really worked for him, but he got resentful about the fasting days. And he would we'd do Monday nearly always. And then Wednesday, he'd say, oh, I've arranged to meet so-and-so in the pub. Like, oh. So we'll do Thursday. And then Thursday he didn't really feel like it. So... I thought we'll try we'll try uh, an eating window approach, but um, he kind of ignored it. I kept giving him the books to read, and he he said he'd read them, but I don't think he really had. And then um, and then he he actually not we had a minor disagreement this morning because I said that he wasn't. He said he's doing sixteen eight. I said, well, I see you finishing wine at nine o'clock. He said, I didn't have my breakfast till after one yesterday. Like, oh, okay. So I think he's doing sixteen eight, which. After three years, I'm really grateful that he's doing something. It's going to be a long, a long job. And I, I keep thinking he, he he lost a little bit of weight when he first started a few months ago, and he was delighted. And I said, "You go, there you go, it worked." Then he stopped losing weight, but he wasn't really doing it properly. He's definitely he likes to have his breakfast. I, I said if he didn't call it breakfast, he called it lunch. He would probably do better. But he likes to have his breakfast, and then he's still drinking wine at nine at night. It's just it's too big a window. Yeah, he's, he's got to he's shrink that up. getting some health benefits. Yeah, because he used to eat fruit at half six in the morning. So that his insulin resistance will be crazy. He's mad for fruit. He would eat, He would just live off fruit, which is weird, isn't it? He likes meat and he likes potatoes, but he really likes fruit. So yeah, but not vegetables. I used to nag him about vegetables, but he eats so much fruit. I don't need to worry about it. See, I don't like fruit. I'm, I'm the opposite. No, I don't. I, the only fruit I like, I like dates. Oh, yeah. Sadness. They're those are sweet. on my bad list. Oh, they're really sweet. Yeah, but I love them. Um, they are. They're really sweet. Cheese, they should be okay, shouldn't Yeah, they? maybe we'll see what that does. I'll, yeah. I'll see how that affects the score. But dates are on my, my bad food list. And I know. And things like berries are okay for me. Like blackberries are really high. Avocados are 100. So I could make right. a meal out of a, like black beans and avocados. Yeah. And that is like perfect. the perfect foods for me. So I'm really excited. I'm excited about that. I'm going to actually take a break from the, the meal delivery oh, yeah. for an entire month yeah. and do my own cooking. And I'm just going to cycle through some simple foods that I love. I'm only going to eat foods that I love, but I'm going to eat lots of vegetables. And maybe I'll pull out some blackberries. Mm. But yeah, he, we always have loads of fruit in the house because he loves it and I'm really not bothered. He'll make himself a huge fruit salad and pour cream on it. And then I'll have three or four spoonfuls of it and think, yeah, that's quite nice. That's enough, but, yeah. yeah. But I also have already then eaten half a plate of vegetables, so that works for me. So you said you didn't really need to lose a lot of weight. You've never really, you've just had that 10 to 15 pound Yeah. And that, because we were on holiday when I started, I did have that holiday. I used to get a muffin top. That when I came home, my clothes wouldn't fit and I'd be a bit miserable. But I'd just be sensible for four or five months. But you see, part of my being sensible is not eating when I'm not hungry. And I'm never hungry for breakfast. Never, ever, ever. I'm probably not hungry before 11 o'clock ever, even before I did intermittent fasting. So probably my being sensible did include increasing my fasting window. because Without even knowing it. Yeah, because if I don't drink in the evening, if I don't drink alcohol, I eat a lot less. So I've probably being sensible included not drinking. So I probably would be actually fasting from maybe seven till 11 the next day without even thinking about it. But then when I started the proper one meal a day, just having my dinner, that weight came off. I can't really remember because it was a long time ago, but pretty quickly. I, you know, from watching me in the groups, I've always got this extra two pounds that I want rid of. But two? <laughs> I think it's two it's, yeah. it's my belly. But I'm thinking now that I look even more like my mother, I'm 54 now. I think it's just a genetic belly. I think unless I'm going to go to the gym or never drink alcohol or I don't know. Look, when I did that Weight Watchers, I lost the belly. But 
I was really thin then. Actually, I made a note of how light I was, and it was two. It was like one three three or something like that. And I'm five foot six. That's okay. Yeah, one thirty three is a little yeah, five six. That was the only time I didn't have that little two belly that I wanted rid of. But other than that, what I'm totally amazed by every time is all my clothes fit and have done for two and a half years. That's never happened before in my life because even yeah, though it was it. only six or seven pounds up and down, that's enough to make you a nice dressing up clothes not fit you have to try on five different dresses before you go out but now everything fits every time always which is just so refreshing it really is this is the first time in my life that i've ever maintained with the same wardrobe yeah Yeah, the clothes that i bought when i hit my goal in 2015 some of them became too big over time you know as i continued to lose weight like like especially around you know like my chest area my arms my shoulders you know i continued to changed my body shape changed over time so some things you know didn't fit because they were too big but i've never had to buy new clothes that were larger Mm. ever since 2015 i haven't had to go up which is the first time ever i've had some big clothes that i saved for when i was a bit heavy that i've been able to get rid of because i'm just not and and this is why I I felt like I couldn't come on your podcast because I haven't lost a hundred pounds or fifty pounds or you know I've probably lost fifteen, but the fact that I've maintained over two and a half years eating like royalty every day is phenomenal. That would not have happened otherwise. Absolutely no way. See, I think that's the key. the The key is that. This is just the first time you've maintained ever. It's the first time I've ever maintained ever. And I mean, I'm not going to say I've never had my weight go up and down within a range with intermittent fasting, but it was never such a range that I had to get new clothes. Yeah, mine is a Whereas really small before, range. yeah, before it was always what clothes size will I be this season? You know, back in the day, I might be a 14 one winter, the next winter I'll be a 10, then the next winter I'd be a 12, and then I'd be a 16. And so I was always cycling through. Maybe I'd pop down to an 8, but then I'm back up to a 16. And so I would I would just say, well, which which ones of my clothes fit this year? But now it's all of them. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I would get really resentful if I had something nice I wanted to wear for an occasion. And then I had that belly that wouldn't fit in it. Whereas now that I have the same two pound belly that um, I've got plenty of clothes that it fits in. looks fine. Nobody else notices. I know they don't. Right. That's true. And Michael says, oh, you're looking trim. And I'm thinking, no, I've still got this two pound belly. But <laughs> probably... <laughs> oh, that's one... how your body is shaped. Yeah, I think it is. And I, even when I've been a lot thinner, I normally do have that shape. So I think it's just it's just a little bit of protective womanly fat. I think so. And I, I think, you know, we, we look at these images. I've talked about this before of what we think we're supposed to look like. Mm. And, um, you know, I've watched some people in the groups that have been around for a long time. I know, I'm certainly not going to name them, but you probably know, too. But people who really, really fret over like two pounds yeah. and they beat themselves up and they – they will say, gosh, you know, I look so terrible. And they don't. They no, just they look, look like that's what a female looks like. Well, I did after the lockdown when we'd been drinking a lot more every day, not longer windows, but drinking from start to finish. So four hours of drinking and cider. I had I used to only drink cider in the pub, but because the pub was closed, I had 20 litres delivered and then had another 20 litres delivered. And I'm on about my fourth box. But if I drink that every day, that's a lot of a lot of sugar. And uh, unlike you, I process alcohol brilliantly. I don't get <gasps> hangover. I feel fine the next day. That's which, amazing. I'm so jealous. Yeah, except that it means there's nothing to stop me. So I was just all through the lockdown drinking the whole four hours. Oh, great. It's five o'clock. Let's have a gin and tonic and let's have a pint of cider and let's have wine with dinner and another pint of cider. So I got a bit blubbery. So I did a bit of ADF in July and August. I did mealless Mondays, two, two meal Tuesday. Yeah. And then Wednesday, the 500 calorie down day and then two meal Thursday. And it didn't make that much difference. I loved that little bit of chub. But other than that, that was it. Yeah. And I didn't enjoy eating lunch. I really don't. I get that. I really have to force myself. It's hard. And and so that's that's not right for you. And and I want to circle back to what I said. I'm not criticizing you for wanting to lose the two pounds or the people who want they want to have. But I'm sad that 
we continue to have this mental dialogue. And, you know, I, I sound like I have it all together, but I was just at the beach with college friends, friends that um, two of them I hadn't seen in 19 years. There were five of us together. We all were Tri-Deltas back at Wake Forest University in the, in the 80s. We graduated in 1990. But you know, I looked at myself in a picture. I'm like, ooh, look. Uh. And my friend is like, you've got to stop. I mean, I was picking myself apart. So I, you know, I talk a good game, but but I feel those same insecurities and pressures. You know, yes, I understand this is how my body looks. You know, I've got, quote, flaws, too. Yeah. And, and we've got to stop. So when I say stop, you know, tearing yourself apart for these two-pound belly, I've got to do the same thing. I got really It's like the way I stand. I'm like, ooh, I have a, you know, I yeah. can have a muffin top too. I make it's just, one. I can have one. I can great. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody can have a muffin top if you put on the right clothes that are, I could should say the wrong clothes because the key to not having a muffin, muffin top is just your clothes. It's not your body. And uh, I was annoyed with myself after that two months. I thought, I've just given myself a hard time for two months, and I haven't enjoyed it. If The long fasts were great, but having to eat, it didn't suit me at all. So I just was, I just thought, why have you beaten yourself up for two months? And it was it was a like-the-diet mentality that you speak about that I'd never really had before. But I was like, if I fast longer, I'll get thinner. And then and it was just ridiculous. I, my body shape didn't really change at all. My same clothes fit. I just I lost a little bit of that blubber that was from over drinking. Other than that, I'm back to I'm back to where I was. And you probably would have lost that had you just stopped. Yeah, stopped drinking. The over drinking it probably would have come away as well. Yeah, I haven't done a longer fast since what year was it? 2016. I haven't done any kind of you know alternate daily fasting. Yeah, since and then, it, as I say, the long fasts were great, but the eating it's just not for me. I really had to plan myself a lunch to make sure I ate it. And I actually quite resented having to sit down. I've got things to do. I don't want to sit and eat lunch. I get it. I <laughs> will say, though, it. I've probably loosely done down days and up days, but I've never counted yeah. calorie. Like, I've never said, I'm going to have a down day today. But I am 100% certain that there have been days over these years where probably – I was really busy and had a late meal, and it was a short window, and I probably ate less, probably 500 calories. I don't know. I don't count. But then I always find if I have a small, tight, short window, the next day I'm hungrier. And I probably do eat, quote, two meals. Like it might not be till 2 o'clock. But like yesterday, day before yesterday, I had – we were very, very busy. I didn't eat till probably 6 p.m., and I just had one plate of food, and and I don't know, but – I'm sure it was under a thousand calories if I had counted it. It was a small amount of food for me. But then yesterday I was hungry early, so I started eating at 2 p.m. And I ate, I'm certain of what would be considered two meals. I ate all day <laughs> starting at two. Well, I've found the last few months, I've if I wait till my dinner, I don't have a glass of wine and a snack, I just eat my dinner. And it could be it could be a piece of fish and some salad, and that is often enough. But like you say, sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. So if if I was a calorie counter, I'm sure I'd see. And I, I think it would be a down day and two up days or two down days and an up day. It wouldn't be. But definitely. And my appetite correction is absolutely crazy. I These days, I will leave a potato on my plate or or half a piece of chocolate. It's just crazy. I just think, it really is. You know, and and I, I my body tells me the day after I eat less, my body says, you need to eat a little more today. Yeah. And that is appetite correction. Yeah. It's, you know, the naturally up and down. Yep. It really is. And your body lets you know this was enough for today when you've had a small meal. And instead of worrying about, oh, my gosh, I didn't, quote, eat enough, you did because your body was happy. And then tomorrow it'll tell you to eat a little more. Yeah, it works. Hey, guys, it works. <laughs> <laughs> so how is the black – are you a black coffee drinker? No. You, okay, so you're not – You don't. I've never drunk coffee because it gives me the jitters. I'm one of these naturally hyper people. I really don't need any help. So I bet you're a slow caffeine metabolizer. Oh, I must be, yeah. See, we're the opposite. Yeah, a friend of mine. I would like to switch with you. I, I would like to, I would like to be a fast alcohol metabolizer. A slow <laughs> caffeine metabolizer. A friend of mine said she would never get in the car with me after a coffee again. So I stopped drinking coffee then. She said it was That just, makes sense. And I said, I'm fine. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm absolutely fine. I'm drinking my job. Like, no, you're absolutely <laughs> bonkers. So, yeah, I just... And I don't like it enough to bother. I sometimes well, have a decaf. If we're, if we're in an airport and we've got hours to kill, I might have an enormous decaf just to pass the time. But I'm not bothered. 
So, so now, you didn't have to learn to drink well, black coffee? No, not but, a- but I used to drink all sorts of tea. I used to have green energy to wake me up and I used to have uh, bedtime tea and I used to have all like five different types during the day. And when I stopped doing those, I was like, um, I don't even really like green tea and I don't really like black tea. So I just drink water. I that's drink, perfect. I drink empty or cold. MT, that's my favorite. Right now I'm drinking some coffee, but it's cold here. Okay. So I'm going to switch to some, I got my Christmas cup. Oh, so we're recording this in November. And yes, I'm an early Christmas person. Look at, here's my, I'm going to show you Lucy my Christmas tree. Oh, a little dinky desk. I have a little Christmas tiny tree. Christ, little lovely. desk Christmas tree and I turned the lights on. I'm sitting here with it. It makes me so happy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'll have my MT later, the, the hot water in a mug. Yeah, I drink it all day. When it's cold, I have it hot. And when it's hot, I have it cold. And to be honest, that, I don't drink that much water. I often don't have a drink until maybe midday, and I think, oh, I haven't had anything yet today. Whereas before, I just used to drink tea because, I don't know, because it was there. I had a whole tea cabinet, and I had, I mean, at school, this is really funny, in my classroom, it was like an entire cabinet of my classroom in the back. We had like a sink area, and I had my beverage cabinet back in the day. And I, I really think it was that whole diet. I was always dieting, 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 you know, before intermittent fasting. So I would have my zero calorie teas and I was always having something, but they were always, you know, like the apple cinnamon tea or the, I had these dessert teas, they were called, and they were like chocolate mint flavor. <laughs> I mean, I, I always had something sweet and flavored going into my mouth. If I was awake, I was drinking something Food flavored. When I did um, 5-2, I drank gingerbread tea. Oh, I had gingerbread tea. Yeah, which actually, it, it seemed to be okay. I wouldn't I wouldn't bother risking it now, but it didn't seem to cause me a problem. And I always used to say to people, my body knows I'm fasting if I'm drinking this gingerbread tea. So I think maybe it just tasted of ginger. But I'm not going to try it now. Oh, I tried, um, I had a coffee, a decaf coffee, and I put some cinnamon in it just out of interest, half an hour before my window opened. Oh, my goodness. I had such a blood pressure drop. It was not good. So you felt it. Oh, wow. You really. felt that. Within three, four minutes, I was like, oh, shouldn't have done that. That's true for me as well. I used to, back in the day, before I read the obesity code, before I understood insulin and all of that, I used to put, my coffee was always, I had vanilla cream, stevia, but also cinnamon. Oh, wow. It was so delicious. It was <laughs> And soothing and yummy. So I actually did try some cinnamon just out of curiosity. Within the past year, it was close to my eating window opening. So I just was like, let me just see. I'm just curious. Immediate. Yeah. It was a too. totally a no. I was really yeah. disappointed. Oh, I wish we could have all that. You know, I I would love to be able to have lemon water and cinnamon in my coffee and all of flavored teas. I do but. have a pinch of Redmond salt sometimes in my water. That's a real treat. I don't like it. And I don't like the salt in the water. I only have it like if I have a sore throat, which is very rare. But I'll I maybe put a little sprinkle if, if I'm losing my voice. Yeah. It's salt stuff. for that, yeah. Sometimes I have a little bit of that. It's like a real exciting treat in my water. <laughs> I used to also buy these. They had these savory teas. Wow. I mean, I tell you, when I said I was always having something in my mouth that tasted like food, I was. And they had these savory, brothy kind of teas that were like, I don't even know what was in there. These little sachet, tea sachets of like dried up tomato and mm, sounds very garden weird. garden tea i don't know what it was but <laughs> i was like ridiculous. yeah <laughs> it is, it's crazy sounds very weird yeah but they were tasty i guess it was like drinking a little broth yeah but not a good idea stick, no. stick to the water water yep and the black coffee for me this podcast is supported by fedex FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture-proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx Service Guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. 
like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. So have you had any any health benefits that you've noticed? Uh, my sister always says, do you feel better? I don't feel better because I didn't feel bad in the first place. But I must have, well, I'm, I must be halfway through my menopause. I'm 54. I'm at my five-month marker. I don't okay. have any obvious symptoms. Um, I was telling my niece today, apparently a lot of women get to look pregnant when they have their menopause. They get this nice big front belly. I haven't got that. Mine is That's still good. the same little two-pound pouch. I have the odd flush, but really nothing major. I don't know. I don't have headaches. I don't have any of the things that people associate with it. So I'm attributing that to intermittent fasting. I, I think so. Yeah. I'm I went through healthy. it. You know, I'm completely on the other side now. It's been... I'm at month 13 Ooh. as we're recording. So I'm over on that side of it at the age of 51. But yeah, I, I did have hot flashes here and there, but it was more like I more connected to what I ate. Right. Oh, yeah. Or drank. If I eat too much, if I push past my satiety signals, I will be burning hot for yep. 20 minutes after that. Yep. Too, yep. Me too. Quite often I'll sit there and think, this isn't a hot flush. This is, oh, there's a name for it, isn't there? That you and Melanie said it's. I can't remember what it's called, something uh, thermogenesis. Thermodynamic, thermogenesis, yeah. Yeah, something like that. I think, oh, that's what that is, which is great because I think, yeah, burn that off. I don't want that. Get rid of it. That's true, (laughs) yes. Yeah. But I think so too. You know, most women gain weight over menopause. Yeah, well, I haven't at all. And my sleep is spectacular. I sleep better than I've slept my whole life. In fact, when we started with the 5-2, I started sleeping on the two nights. I thought, wow, because I hadn't slept through the night for years, decades probably. So that was, I thought, well, I'm going to do this because if it makes me sleep, I'll take it. And then I've just, I've slept well. I hardly ever wake up in the night now. And I used to wake up at two or three in the morning for literally decades. So I'm very happy with that. that. That's wonderful. I wish I wish my sleep, but I've always had that restless sleep. So and it, it certainly my my sleep, I've struggled with it more mm. over menopause. But yeah, mine's been great better than ever and I do take a bit of magnesium citrate and I don't know I take that well I take that to keep me regular because I I oh that's I suppose that's a medical benefit I used to have what they call slow transit I don't seem Uh to have that anymore that's really good that was medically diagnosed because they of course the doctors say oh well it's your diet you don't drink enough water I'm a cookery teacher I eat really proper food every day cook from scratch I drink enough water it's not that so eventually I went for a scan and they didn't find anything and they tried me on some salts, just a mixture of salts, and it fixed it. So that's the diagnostic tool. And now I don't need that at all. So I guess that is a a medical benefit. Do you still take magnesium? Yeah. take it every day? Yeah, I take it. Yeah, I think it's important. That's that's the only supplement that I've kept in my arsenal. Like I... I stopped taking it very briefly, and I noticed an immediate difference. So I was like, all right, magnesium's back on board. I mean, it's an essential nutrient. Yeah, so. and I did, it's, it's no big deal. It's like a piece of chalk. Just take that at bedtime. And that's yeah, that. I take it at bedtime. And it does help me go to sleep, but nothing really keeps me asleep all night. Like, I still wake up. But, I mean, I, 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 I'm well-rested. So yeah. I'm just one of those people, I think, that wakes up early. Yeah. Yeah. In the early days when I was fasting regularly, so a couple of years ago, I found I woke up much earlier, but alert, awake. Oh, the first time I did a longer fast, first time I did a 30 something hour, I woke up groggy. And I was like, this has not happened to me for years. I hadn't even remembered that that was how I normally woke up. But it only happened that first time. So I don't know if something shifted. But then, because most people, it's the opposite, isn't it? They don't sleep well, but I slept yeah. really deeply and I maybe slept too deeply and I just wake up groggy. I thought, oh, I don't like this very much. But then the Wednesday, absolutely fine. So, and it's and that's never happened since. But I, it made me realize I normally wake up really alert, even if I wake up at half five, six o'clock. Me too. So I guess I should stop complaining about my sleep because I, I wake up alert and I feel fabulous. Yeah. So, so I'm mad. getting the right amount of sleep. I guess I'm just one of those people. This is just the way I sleep. Yeah. I think that's I'm an early riser. I can go to bed quite late and wake up quite early. I, I cannot go to bed late. Seven. No. <laughs> 
and yeah. I've, I've found as a teacher that I don't run on sleep. I run on adrenaline. So if there's something happening, I'm there, I'm doing it, I'm awake. And if there isn't, like if the assembly's really boring, I'm asleep regardless of whether I had a good night or not. <laughs> That's true. I don't like to be bored. No, me neither. No, my brain needs to be engaged Absolutely. at all times. Yeah, me too. I don't do well with just sitting and doing nothing. So I think we definitely have that in common. <laughs> That's why you have to be a teacher. I tried all sorts of other jobs. I gave up teaching three or four times. I tried all sorts of other things, but they're all fairly boring. Teaching. Well, that's true. You never know what you're going to get with teaching, and it varies every time, which is great fun. It is. It really is. And I really loved being a teacher. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So, But right now, you're not going into the classroom. No, you're at- 6th of February was the last time I went in. So, uh, And I'm self-employed, so I'm just baking cakes for the bin men at the moment. Okay. So nothing much else to do. So you have some YouTube videos of your cooking. Oh, yeah. Tell us about that, oh, well, how people could find you. That was the following holiday in Turkey because I can't sit around. I can't just sit by right? the you pool. Right, you got to have something to yeah. do. Yeah, so my project was I wrote a cookery book called Fresher Bites and I launched a YouTube channel and a website and a Facebook group. It's called Fresher Bites and it's aimed at new cooks, so university freshers or anybody else who's a new cook. And it's really comprehensive. It's got equipment lists and how to cut safely and how to make a how to make a white sauce or how to scramble an egg or make an omelette or all sorts of very simple, basic things. And then I came home that summer, printed the book. So it exists as a PDF or as an actual book. And if you get the PDF, there are links straight to the YouTube films. So you could you can have it on your phone. You can zoom in on the shopping list while you're out shopping, buy those things, go home, click on the YouTube film and watch me cook it. And the films are really short. How do short. people find it? How uh, would people bites. find Fresher Bites on YouTube or Facebook or or the website. I've got it because I'm, I'm also a web designer. See, short attention span. I design websites. I did, a, I did the website. I did not know that. Yeah, most of the schools I worked at, I did their websites. So. Uh, just yeah I re- I had when I gave up teaching one time I retrained as a web designer and did that for a bit but got sucked back into the teaching because uh, web designing is all on your own all day that's true and, and teaching just, is is great for people who like to be around others yeah because you are around people the whole time that's right <laughs> you can't get away yeah <laughs> so it was a, quite a nice contrast to do a bit of both but uh yeah so yeah fresher bites and it's really basic it's really because it starts with the recipes I did with the five and six year olds so yeah so anybody can do it well I think that's what people need I mean I'm thinking back to my my own children and you know boys but I didn't really teach them much cooking they weren't really that interested they didn't really want to get I mean Will came in the kitchen a little bit he made something one time mixed a bunch of stuff together it was just ridiculous it wasn't really food (laughs) yeah well where I worked there were three generations who hadn't cooked they just bought ready meals. So exactly. nobody taught anybody how to cook. And I had a, I ran a parents club, a, like a parents cafe, and they used to come in on a Monday afternoon. And we'd, um, there was a little gardeny allotmenty thing there. We'd pick what there was or they'd bring in what they had in their gardens and we'd cook it. We'd make soup or porridge or whatever. And uh, there were grandparents that had never cooked. They were wowed by it. So I remember teaching someone to make a, a sauce with a roux and they're like, oh, look, look, it's getting thick, it's getting thick. It's like, yeah, that's how it works. Oh, and it's I, true. I love making a roux. Yeah, a cream sauce is good on anything. Yeah. Then I'd be um, shopping and someone would run up to me who I didn't recognize and say, we had couscous last night. So, oh, that's nice. Awesome. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have no idea who you are, but that's great. Yeah. You know, I think a natural a natural connection for kids is teaching them to grow things because you know, there's research on that. When kids grow it, when they're connected from you know start to finish, they're more likely to eat it. Yeah. You know, I would love to see a project like that. I'd love to be part of that. Yeah. Also, the parents would say, oh, no, he doesn't eat those. I say, watch this. If they pick it and grow it and or even if they just peel it and cut it up themselves, they'll eat it and they'll tell you theirs is better than yours. So that's true. They'll eat anything. Yeah. Had a meeting a lot I would like vegetables. to go back. I've said this before. Go back in time and parent differently <laughs> with my children. And, you know, and, and we're so busy, I think, that you're like, no, no, just let me do it. Yeah. You miss that window of when they're interested and would be connected because you just don't have the time yeah. to bother. But really, you should you should take the time to bother. And that was a nice thing if I had parents in to watch their children cooking. I used to get the children to teach the parents what we'd cooked the week before. And the parents would say, no, let me cut that. I'd say, no, no, she'll show you how to do it. Or he'll show you how to do it. And he would say, no, don't do it like that, mummy. We do it like this. Like, fantastic. 
Oh, that's yeah, the best. Really, really rewarding. Good well, time. I'll do it with my grandkids. Once yeah. I have grandchildren, we'll we'll cook together. I'll be there. Yeah. They're cooking grandmother. That'd be great. Yeah, I've got to figure out my grandmother name. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Mom, Mama Jen. Maybe yeah, that's I'll be Mama quite Jen. Cool. Like that. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting? Or what do you wish you knew when you first started? Oh, I wish I knew how easy it was going to be. I really, I, as I say, when I saw the one meal a day group, I thought, oh, there's, there's no way I'll go to that. That's just ridiculous. But when I did it, it actually was really very easy. And because I'd often skip breakfast anyway, it just, it was natural. It came very naturally. So I think I'd, I'd like to tell myself to just chillax a bit. And I think as well about all the questions we see in the group about, oh, should I do this? Should it be longer? Should it be shorter? Just relax. Your body just knows how it. to do this. This is the thing your body knows how to do. Stop all the other stuff. Stop the chatter about I've got to eat this many macros and I must eat four, four grapes a day or whatever. And all the supplements. You don't eat any of that. Just eat. Oh, real I know. Food. Just eat real yeah. food. That's it. Yeah. The supplements, that's, you know, we've been we've been taught you must have a pre-workout, a post-workout, this supplement, that supplement. People all the time, they're like, I have to take, you know, fish oil and I'm Once supposed to day. take it three times yeah. a day. I'm like, <laughs> no, you, don't. you do not need fish oil three times a day. Our bodies are not designed to require yeah. fish oil three times a day. No. And I laugh <laughs> at myself that I took a multivitamin when I first started on one meal a day because... Um, Obviously, I wanted to make sure I got enough vitamins. Then I looked at what I had been eating for my breakfast and lunch. I don't think I was making sure I was getting enough vitamins. I think I was just stuffing my face. So no need for multivitamins, just have a proper dinner. And as I say, I really like vegetables. I always did anyway, but now I really make sure I get half a plate of vegetables. You appreciate them. I would probably say to people who are starting, just make sure you eat real food and uh, really enjoy it that's the other big thing I've, I can now enjoy my food every day without any concern about am I eating the right thing should I be eating more of this less of that just enjoy it get in and yeah I'm a big you know I'm a big believer in that which is why I'm a little nervous about doing the predict you know just because oh, yeah. like I said it's going to be you know a shift to try to get you know eating to Let's a certain eat. plan but I really want to see how my body feels. I'm not trying to lose weight. I'm not doing this for any reason like mm. that. It's it's completely, I want to see what it feels like. Because I don't need to lose weight. No, <laughs> That's you the definitely beauty don't it. need to lose weight. I don't, I don't, which is... And I'm not going to lose anymore. My body decided two and a half years Your ago. Your body's this happy. Is it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, two things that I have to mention. One is I haven't weighed myself for at least two years. I don't even know. Because last time I weighed myself, I weighed four more pounds than I thought I should. And it ruined my week. So I was just like, this is ridiculous. My clothes still fit the same. This four pounds is probably bone density. But I, whatever it is, I'm not going to be being upset by that stupid machine anymore. So I literally, and I used to weigh myself in other people's houses on their scales, as people do. Or, you know, if I walk past a scale in a shop, but no, 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 over two years. And I don't care because um, my niece sometimes says, what do you weigh? I'm like, no clue. I think I weigh about 140, but I think I was like 142 or something at the time. I thought I should be less than that. So I, that's me. That. I, I think I'm in the 120s, but if I got on this, well, I mean, I have a shape of scale, so I only see the color. But, you know, if I clicked the button to let me see the number, if it said like 135, I'd be mad. Yeah. So I don't want to see that no, number. I don't want to see it. <laughs> I'd, I'd be happy with 135, but actually I would probably be too thin at 135. Mm-hmm. I'm 5'5". Five, five. Yeah, I'm 5'6", but one forty. And I'm very small boned. I have tiny little wrists. And But uh, the other thing is, I spoke to my niece this morning and she said, I have to tell you that she's now, they're now eating in a, a four-hour window maximum. So just over time, it's all trickled down and she and her boyfriend, and they are super gym bunnies. They run all the time. She runs in the morning and they, they work out. They've got their own workout gym at home now because of lockdown. So they're super athletic really sporty and now just eat dinner four hours they started in the summer at 16 8 and it was quite funny I went around to drop some cardboard boxes around because they were moving house and at one point Alex ran into the house he said I've got to break my fast he's looking at his watch <laughs> they're not like that anymore they've chilled that's great they just have dinner I now, love it which is really nice well Lucy I really enjoyed talking to you today and thank you so very much lovely to see you do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. 
The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. I feel like I was blindsided. Because it's a competition show. From the producers of Jury Duty and The Bachelor. We have scoured the earth for the 14 greatest reality contestants that were available during our production window. Comes a reality competition show about reality competition shows. Nobody has dared to find out who is the actual best at just being on a reality show. I'm your host, comedian Daniel Tosh. It's winner go home. Each episode, our contestants will face new challenges that will test their strength and lack of life skills for a chance to win $200 million. Thousands, not millions. $200,000. Prepare, because it's about to be ugly crying. Lots of fighting. Tasha, I have to defend myself. Celebrating 25 years of reality TV with your favorites. I have diarrhea. You cannot do this to me. What in gay hell have I got myself into? The GOAT. Stream free on Amazon Freeview or Prime Video.